can NVIDIA run it back? The stock is soaring this week after it already ran up 240% last year. The debate around valuation, hype, and reality. It's Friday, January 12th. Welcome to the Tech Check Podcast. I'm Deirdre Bosa with Mark Gilbert. Happy Friday, Mark. Week two of 2024. Happy Friday, TGIF. 2024. Today, our story, NVIDIA, another monster week. Tech is back after a poor start to the year. That's what we talked about last week. Now, NVIDIA leading the way quietly up. I think it was 12% since a week ago. I debated whether using that word quietly because, you know, we're always kind of talking about NVIDIA, but it felt like, you know, after the end of last year up, more than tripling, right? We kind of were like, okay, let's let's look ahead to the next year. Can it do the same thing? Didn't have the greatest start to the year, but here we are again, second week of January, and it's still the story. And it's kind of like this contrast in tone from the first week of the year when everything was kind of terrible in tech, right? The Dow was hitting fresh all-time high, but the tech-heavy NASDAQ was the clear laggard. And part of that was the air coming out of this NVIDIA story that has driven the market at large over the last year plus in the age of generative AI. But you know, some of the bear side of this story over the last few weeks, um, export controls, right? Restricting China sales. China is still a very important market for NVIDIA. Um, reports that Chinese customers, they didn't want that downgraded silicon that NVIDIA was going to serve them to get around those export controls. All of this still in the backdrop, but I love how B of A put it this morning <laughs> in just a few words. NVIDIA is just dot, 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 NVIDIA. Right. There was a bit of there was a bit of bearishness to start 2024, but kind of what a difference a week makes. Right. Yeah. And we, we went through sort of the fundamental arguments. Um, but at the end of the day, NVIDIA is just NVIDIA. You can talk about Huawei trying to create its own high end chips, but it nor any other Chinese chip maker is even close. They're not going to replace NVIDIA GPUs and NVIDIA next generation chips anytime soon. Um and there's even like as evidence of this, there's reports that Chinese companies are resorting to repurposing NVIDIA gaming chips for AI. That's how desperate they've become. There's also this super interesting story that you and I talked about earlier this morning about Sequoia's Chinese counterpart. Remember, Sequoia split off their Chinese investment operations into a completely separate fund with Chinese investors investing in a in a the Chinese national fund. Um, and that company is investing in a homegrown Chinese competitor to NVIDIA. Which, you know, gives us a lot of uh, hints about why Sequoia did this in the first place and also how bullish they feel about Chinese chip makers. It's always been this sort of pipe dream for China to have a chip designer, chip maker that could compete with our high-end chips. Like US is still the place for high-end chips, for AI, for IoT, for all of these important processes. Um, but, you know, Sequoia is making making a bet here. And you can imagine that if it was still so closely connected to the U.S., um, its U.S. counterpart, U.S. regulators, lawmakers would not look on that so kindly because this is, at the end of the day, a national security issue. Still years out for China to have that competitor. And NVIDIA is still the leader. It announced more products at CES, more excitement about sales and pricing power in 2024 and beyond. And so that kind of brings us back to the fundamentals, which even after the huge performance in 2023, look good. Yeah, I think so. I think there's sort of two parts of the story, right? There's the fundamental piece and what is NVIDIA doing. And then there's, um, you know, and that's that sort of includes everything that's happening within the business. 
Uh, and then I think there's also something that's very interesting, which is the valuation side of the equation, which is the Wall Street side of the equation. Uh, you know, how are investors viewing, uh, you know, those earnings and those and results? And, and yeah, I mean, they're totally connected. Uh, but on a on a price to earnings basis, it's not hard to find arguments that this company is cheap, right? Uh, Nvidia shares, as you mentioned, more than tripled last year. It was up some, you know, two hundred and forty six percent, I think. But that actually lags the fundamental growth of the business. Earnings are, are going to come out in a, a couple of weeks, but earnings, if they come in as expected, nearly quadrupled, right? So the stock tripled, but earnings quadrupled. So, you know, you, you can you can just look at sort of the the stock chart and say, wow, what a, what a crazy run. That seems so stretched. But the business fundamentals mm-hmm. have actually run even faster and the stock actually hasn't kept up. Yeah, which is really wild to think about. But let's like do a comparison to another big tech company, right? And nobody's had this kind of AI push in the way that NVIDIA has. So look at NVIDIA versus Amazon on that PE multiple. Um, Amazon trades at around 41 times its projected 12-month earnings. NVIDIA trades at just 26 times. You know, Amazon has always been pretty expensive because its core business, e-commerce, is not a particularly lucrative high margin margin one. Yeah, by design, they're a low margin business. Exactly. So you believe in like the other stories at Amazon, like AWS, its cloud computing unit, advertising, etc. But just when you put it next to Nvidia, that kind of makes you realize that Nvidia has also changed its story, and there's actual earnings to show for it, but it hasn't kept pace. So both of these companies, AI beneficiaries, one undisputedly dominates its market, NVIDIA. The other, Amazon, still making that AI case to investors. So, you know, like, are investors really valuing everything that NVIDIA has done? I mean, yes, because it's tripled over the last year. But again, like perhaps underestimating that huge jump in earnings too. This huge growth in in earnings and revenue. I mean, you and I were sort of nerding out on this, but but, uh, you know, Apple, Apple, if, if you mm-hmm. do next 12 months earnings, Apple is slightly more expensive. It's comparable, but Apple is slightly more expensive than NVIDIA, which is sort of wild to think yeah. about, um, you know, because we've, we've seen Apple stock sort of take a breather. And Apple didn't even grow last year, and it's expected to grow at the slowest rate versus the rest of the Meg 7 this year. Um, but let's talk about this more broadly, right? Just this whole idea of what is tech going to do in 2024? It's only two weeks in, of course, but this week was a good one, not just for NVIDIA and the Meg 7, but let's look a layer down, right? Other chip names, I've heard Marvell and Broadcom be mentioned so many times. They got some buzz out of CES and that helped push up the semi space and software as well. Something we talked about this week had a good one. Yeah, yeah, we talked about software, uh, sort of a new normal where valuations have settled at more sort of down to earth levels. Um, but you know that it could also lead to to new opportunities. The IGV, which is the big software ETF, up nearly six percent since Monday, and then there was all this deal chatter, right? All these sort mm-hmm. of uh, reporting about deals, and then actually we got one announced, which was uh, HPE and Juniper, which are both sort of legacy mm-hmm. uh, software companies, but unexpected. And uh, there's also additional reports of private equity firms sort of sniffing around at PagerDuty and DocuSign, which are both sort of like subscale software companies. Uh, And are we going to see more strategic buyouts? Are we going to see more 
you know, acquisitions by big corporates? And are we going to see more just mergers? Right. And kind of what this week told us is that both of those are on the table. So funny, when I think of PagerDuty and DocuSign, it brings me right back to 2020 and 2021. These were like kind of the pandemic IPOs, the software darlings that were supercharged by this digital transformation. Your kind of classic pandemic mountains that came back down and um, maybe there's, if these deals do happen, an acceptance like that we were talking about, a permanent re-rating, an acceptance that they're never going to reach those peak valuations of around 2021, this is where they're going to settle and that makes it easier to do deals. Right. And 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 I wonder if if sort of more broadly that the action in, in, in mega caps and these slightly smaller but still, uh, you know, large cap tech and TMT companies, uh, does that continue to drive this narrative that tech is going to lead in 2024 in the same way that it did in 2023? Um, What could spoil that optimism is earnings, right? We're about to enter this period. We got the banks starting today. We had Delta and UNH. Uh, and nothing was particularly good out of those, uh, you know, earnings reports, right. basically all disappointing. And so I think it's, are we going to continue to see disappointments or are we going to see this like rotation into tech because, uh, so many other companies and so many other parts of the economy are struggling. Right. But then again, right. The, the fairly low bar for tech, but those 2024 guides for the mega caps are going to be so key and the mega caps still make up such a huge portion of the market that that could determine sort of sort of everything else, as we always say. But over the last few quarters, there's been fear around earnings, and they've always seemed to muddle through. Like in an era of higher interest rates, mega cap tech was seen as defensive. What will they look like in an era of lower interest rates if the Fed does, in fact, cut next year? And I think that's a big question. Do investors rotate out of those names because we've been talking about valuations, but as a whole, the valuations of big tech and tech and the biggest tech companies are still rather elevated in historical terms. So like what else is there to buy? Some of the other stuff that hasn't done as well last year in the era of higher interest rates, like smaller tech, more speculative tech, less profitable tech, that could look more interesting. And that was sort of the topic on our air this morning. Um, There was an RBC strategist who was talking about like, yeah, sure, tech always looks good, but maybe in the coming year, there's more to rotate into. So so that's going to be a big question. And we still still don't really know how that's going to shake out. I mean, we talked about it twice already this week, but as you know, when you're talking about big big macro themes, uh, you know, more layoffs today, right? City announced layoffs. uh, The Discord layoffs I thought were interesting. 17% of its employees, uh, you know, the Google confirming that its number of layoffs was actually a thousand, which was a little bit bigger than we thought earlier in the week. Um, Sort of big moves to start the year. And efficiencies, right? It's tech doing this and investors last year loved that sort of get fit mentality. So that could carry it through. Um, They seem to like it. Yeah, you're right to identify that this week we got a bunch and this is also a week that tech recovered. Um, So like we said, still early days, we'll be tracking all of it and be sure to catch our weekly, right, Gilbert? I was about to say, I was about to cue you saying we got to, you got to give a promo shout out to the, uh, our weekly piece, which is dropping later today, which is our deep dive into Apple and its opportunity around AI. Big props to producers, um, Laura Batchelor and Jasmine Wu, who work tirelessly on this every week and just incorporate like all the best sound that CNBC has to offer. <laughs> and we break down a topic that we think is really interesting and important that we don't think you can get succinctly anywhere else. So do check that out and have a great have a good weekend. Long weekend. We're off. Yeah, have a great long weekend. And we are back on Tuesday.